The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? I'm Gammy, and this is Positively Gam. As you all know, I retired from nursing five years ago to join Jada and Willow as a co-host of Red Table Talk. Actually, each time that I have retired from nursing, it's been because of Jada. So thank you, Jada. So many of my friends have also changed careers or continue to have successful careers later in life. And today's guest is no exception as she continues to partake in a variety of projects and there seems to be no end in sight for her. I am so excited to have Tina Knowles Lawson join me on today's episode. So let's go. Tina Knowles Lawson is a fashion designer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, talk show host, author, mother, grandmother, and actress. Hey, Tina. Welcome to Positively Gam. I'm so excited to have you on. So excited. Well, I'm excited to be here. You know, I follow all of your your Instagram and see all your things going on and you remind me of me. Okay, good. So it's good to be here. Awesome. We all know you are the mother of two beautiful and talented daughters, Beyonce and Solange, but this show is about you. I want to talk about you. I read that you were a makeup artist at 19 years old and later opened up your own hair salon in Houston, all before designing the costumes for your daughter's group, Destiny's Child. 
So already that's like three somewhat related careers early on before you even move into the realm of entertainment. And, you know, like for me, a lot of people grow up with this goal from their parents to just go to school, graduate from high school and get a job, graduate from college and get a job. And there's no right or wrong about that, no judgment, but a job is not a career. And it seems like just like right out the gate, you had this entrepreneurial spirit. Where did that come from? I think my entrepreneurial came from my parents, my mother, actually. My mother was a seamstress. She was a stay-at-home mom. I mean, I thought, oh, my mom didn't work. But as I got older, I realized that she really worked and she worked hard. And that was a career, even though she took in sewing. And so she was a great designer and she made these beautiful beaded jackets for women in Galveston and evening gowns and that type of thing. She was a beater so and a seamstress. So I got it from her. She, she figured out how to make a living. Yeah. And so did she teach you how to sew? Because I know my mother taught us how to sew when I used to make a lot of my own clothes, too. I never designed them. I used patterns. But we did sew. We made a lot of our own clothes. Because you picked out the fabrics and put your own touch, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. She taught us all how to sew. My nephew was my best friend, Johnny, and she taught he and I how to sew when we were like maybe 10 years old. And I was in a singing group when I was in high school. And uh, my mother and I made all the costumes. Look, we dressed better than we sang. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, so you can sing as well. Wow. I'm learning so much already. (laughs) Not Okay. I was a pretty good singer when I was younger. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you, what inspired you to try new things throughout your life? Oh, wow. I've been a decorator, an interior decorator. Anything that's creative, I I love it. I thrive because, and it all comes from my mom. You know, my mom just could sew. She could upholster furniture. She could decorate. She, She could just do anything. She could cook. So she taught me all of these things. She had me at 44, so I was kind of like her friend. Oh, okay. We hung out a lot, and I learned everything. I attribute everything I know how to do to her. So is that something that you think that you wanted to show your girls as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they have participated in some things outside of just their music careers. They could all open a hair salon today. And including <laughs> Kelly. Kelly came to live with us when she was 10. Right. And they grew up in my salon sweeping up hair and they can cut hair. They can do hair. I mean, they're, wow. they're wizards at doing hair. They can design things. They don't sew, but, you know, they can, they know how to do a mean dart or something to make their clothes. <laughs> to make some adjustments. That's right. So what we're kind of focusing on in this conversation is successful careers later in life. And I want to know if you ever felt like your age got in the way of anything that you were trying to achieve. No, I really haven't. I mean, if anything, the older I got, the more confident I got in my ability to be able to do many things. So I think I got more confidence later on in life. And, you know, I have a bucket list like everybody else, and I've checked off most of the things on my bucket list. Wow. Good for you. 
Yeah. That is not my strong suit, I have to say. It's not my strong suit. I've always been someone who was just, I had very low self-esteem and very insecure. I didn't do anything that my sister didn't do. If my sister wasn't going, my sister is two years older than me. I'm, I'm the baby. I had two sisters and a brother. And the sister closest to me, if she wasn't going, if she wasn't doing it, then I wasn't doing it either. See, I understand that with sisters, you know, because you have somebody older to protect you and you feel protected. But for me, there's a big gap. It's like a five-year gap between, six-year gap between me and my next sibling. So I was kind of like an only child and I had to do it for myself. So I had to get the courage to, you know, do things for myself. Not that I wasn't scared half the time, but, you know, I'm, I, if I have a challenge, I really kind of psych myself out to rise to the occasion. Yeah. You don't let your fear hold you back. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I haven't quite conquered yet. I mean, I've taken on some challenges. Yes. Like even me coming to a red table, but it was also a circumstance that I, you know, Jada was there. I knew that she was going to protect me. I knew that she was my comfort. You know what I mean? She was my comfort. If I had that opportunity without that padding, it trust me, it would not have happened. I I don't think I would have done it. You're very good at it. You're a natural because you, you, you know, I love it because you guys are not trying to present something or or say things through a filter you just it it really seems very genuine and yeah. so you're, and you're we're like, not giving advice that's the other thing right. we're just trying to have com- conversation right just trying to have conversation so do you have any advice for people who are older and want to still have a successful career or who might want to make a career change i think just to get out there i mean there have been things that i failed at of course but I just move on to whatever else the next challenge is because, you know, you don't have to be succeed in everything you do. But I think if you don't try, then you'll never know. And I do. Exactly. I I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I have some friends that are scared to try because they're like, I'm too old and I'm too. And I'm like, I don't ever think like that. You know, I just go with it. And sometimes I might look a little silly doing it or might fail at it, but it's okay. Cause then, you know, it's just too many things and life is just too short. Right. Right. I'm a Chicago stepper and and I love that dance. And I know as I've been trying to learn um, that is one of the things that holds me back when I'm trying to dance is that I don't have confidence in my dance and my ability to follow the lead that the gentleman is giving me. That's (laughs) the same thing people tell me all the time. And One of the things that they say, they tell me, instructors will tell you is don't worry about making a mistake. It's just a dance. Don't worry about making a mistake. You're going to be all right. Yes, you're great. Like, you know, my husband tells me all the time, he's like, Tina, can you just let me leave? And I don't know. I'm trying really hard, but I think it's just (laughs) maybe it's trust issues or whatever. But I'm always I'm not a good follower. Okay. All you right. know, I understand. Yeah. 
So that's what stops me because I'll be doing good and then I'll mess up because I, you know, I get in my head about it. Yeah, you start doing your own thing. I'm Elliot Connie and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, I want to move on to this book that you published. You're an author. And you published this book. I have it right here. Destiny Style. I do. I have it. Bootylicious Fashion, Beauty, and Lifestyle Secrets from Destiny's Child. I have it. Yes, I do. And it's really... You are funny. It really is. It's such a beautiful display of all your designs through their career. Was that something that you always wanted to do, to publish a book being a fashion designer? Well, I always wanted to be a fashion designer. Someone just came to me and they kind of, I won't say pressured, but they kept on me about it. And I said, oh, it might be fun to do. But it's so funny because that book is probably, what, 15 (laughs) years old. And recently someone gave me one because I didn't even have a copy of it. And I looked through it and I was like, Lord, have mercy. Thinking on some of these outfits, it's really funny. (laughs) And my kids, you know, my kids look at that book and they're like, oh, mama, we hope nobody sees that book. Because, you know, I, we, it, it's from 15 years ago, the hairstyles, the, you know, it just shows you how much growth that we've had. over. Of the course, of course. <laughs> but I mean, this is part of their history. This is yeah. you can see the change that that occurred. You know, it's a it's a lot of growth. And, and, you know, it's funny because I did a little cooking section in it. Uh, honey, listen, don't try it. I have it. I, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Okay. But wait a minute. Before before we get to that, I want to ask you about <laughs> out of all the costumes and outfits that you've designed, which one was your favorite? Do you have a design or a gown that that stands out in your mind that you're most proud of? Yeah, I think probably um, the first Grammy gown when Beyonce was nominated for like I think she got five Grammys that year. I mm-hmm. wanted her to look like a Grammy statue. So I did this gold ah. dress and I had custom uh, neck piece made. And it's really one of the most beautiful things. I just saw it recently. Somebody put it on Instagram and I was like, this dress is so pretty. It's one of them. And then for Destiny's Child, I did these corsets. I did some custom black leather corsets and leather uh, pants and skirts and um for them for, I think that might've been for Grammys too. I still love that outfit today, even though it's probably what, 19 years old. Yeah. So yeah, it's timeless. Yeah. I saw you, you you reposted that, that gown that you're describing on Instagram recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. It was beautiful. Cause it's probably, you know, 16 years ago. And I look at some of the stuff. There's an Oscar dress that that somebody just recently posted that was really beautiful. And I was like, you know, I did do some great things because, you know, when the girls came along, I wanted them to be like the Motown. You remember the Motown days? Yes. All the Supremes, they look like yes. stars. Bigger than exactly. Life. But sometimes that went wrong. Because <laughs> I didn't have the money to really, you know, put the money mm-hmm. into it. And so a lot of it, I made it myself or we, I had this guy to make it and, you know, we couldn't afford to really get stuff custom done and all of that. And it was always a shortage of time. Like I might need some outfits in three days. So some of them look a little crazy, but that's yeah. okay. 
And it's interesting that you bring up Motown, too, because back in the day with Motown, they if you look at the history of Motown, the way they set up that company was amazing. They had a department that spent time grooming their artists, teaching them how to present themselves to the public. So I feel like you guys did that with Destiny's Child. I feel like you guys did that with the girls because they presented themselves so well, so gracefully and respectfully. Thank you. How they carried themselves in public. Was that important to you? My ex-husband used to play videos of Motown stars all the time. Mm-hmm. Say to the girls, you see how polite they are. That you see how yes. they make eye contact. You see how they, you know, they know how to get out of someone if someone asks them an inappropriate question, how they can gracefully get out of it and not strike back. You know, because yes. people mean like the media yes. really mean. Yes, something. we know that. Yes. So <laughs> we, you know, we really taught them how to uh, maneuver through that. We taught them etiquette classes. You know, I had yes. So it's true. And thank you for noticing that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's important. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to yourself, how much input do you have in your own styling? Do you style yourself or do you have a stylist? Like when you go to public events and award shows, you style yourself? Yeah, all the time. I mean, because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm a stylist. Right. And, um, and it's just easier and it's way cheaper. <laughs> I, would, I ain't got it like that. <laughs> I, would, I would have to agree. I tend to style myself as well. I, You know. Right. You know, people like the stuff that I wear. They like my shoes. They like, you know, how I present myself on Red Table Talk. But yeah, I I saw myself as it stands right now. I don't have a stylist. Now, what type of voice do you feel like you were creating for women in the fashion industry as you were designing the clothes for Destiny's Child? Because the fashion industry is heavily dominated by men. I always find that so interesting, even when it comes to shoes and fashion. It's just like it's the people that don't have to wear it. Design, exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's why the shoes hurt. Right. The shoes hurt. But yeah, for me, especially at the time that that they came along, it was like I said, 17, 18 years ago. It was really hard for me because for one thing, I'm not, you know, formally trained. Right. Something that I knew how to do. And I did it out of necessity. I never meant to style them. Mm -hmm. I was doing their hair because and and their makeup and that type of thing. I pack up the clothes. I was the packer, the the, the agent, you know, you do what you know that you do what you have to do to make sure that, you know, your kids are taken care of. But I was doing the hair and we were in Jamaica and we couldn't afford to have a stylist travel with us because it was right. The label would give us small budgets. So they would send the clothes. I would steam the clothes and put them on Mm -hmm. the girls. They were always not sending the clothes or the clothes got stuck at the airport. So we were in Jamaica for MTV and the clothes didn't come. And Uh I had passed by a little side on the road where they had all this camouflage stuff. So I went back and bought those clothes, cut them up, sold them up overnight. Wyclef John was there of the Fuji's and he said, wow, who styled y'all? Beyonce said, my mom. 
He said, you need to style them all the time because they're unique and they don't look like everybody else. Right. The, kids, the girls were like 16. I think B was like 16 and they were 17. And it was like everything that came was black and super sexy and clean. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they're 15, 16. So I put them in color and prints and things like that. And that's how I got to styling them. But I never aspired to be a stylist. It just kind of happened. When you talk about insecurity, you know, Beyonce used to joke with me and she was like, mom, if you got some locks in your hair and you talk with an accent, they would love you. <laughs> because I was this country woman from <laughs> Texas with this big hair and they would just treat me so badly all the time. Like, you know, other stylists or people in the industry, they just didn't have a lot of respect for me at that time. But they go copy my stuff, though. All right. So congratulations, I would say, for your Facebook watch show, Talks with Mama Tina, that came out last year. Do you have plans for a second season? I do. I um, I have had some offers because that was a one-time uh, six episode. And I actually did seven. I did one with Kevin Hart as well. And I still have that in the can, but I just really honestly have been so focused on so many things that we'll see what happens. Okay. I have to say that I do love on your show, how you started out feeding your guests. I think that was a grand way to make folks feel welcome and, and comforted. And so I have your book that has the gumbo recipe in there. Everybody knows that I can't cook. But I'm going to try to make your gumbo. So I'll have to let you know. Yes, please let me know. You know, my folks are from Louisiana. And I, I, I tell my kids all the time that we used to go to Louisiana. And the thing, part of that culture is that you surprise people. So we would show up at our cousin's house or oh, relative's okay. house at one o'clock in the morning. They get up and start frying chicken. And they were so hospitable. And they've always made you feel welcome, not that you were intruding. And so... It's my custom. Everybody that comes to my house, I fix something for them, cook something for Got them. It. something, And it makes them feel, like you said, very safe and warm, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. where that love for cooking came from, your Louisiana roots. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Gotcha. So... Now, we're going to move on to this new career that you have just established. Oh, yes, as an actress, you had just got through doing the Lifetime thriller movie called Wrath, a Seven Deadly Sins story, premiered on Lifetime. And you're in it. <laughs> and, and Michelle Williams is in it. And you play her mom. Tell us what the story is. You know, it's Bishop Jakes, who I love. Oh, and yeah, he produces The Seven Deadly Sins. Oh. So he contacted me and, and you know, who can say no to Bishop Jakes? But I was really nervous right. because I, I have never acted before. I was in an MTV movie many years ago, ironically, with my now husband, like 20 years ago. But I was you, Wait, you're kidding. No. I, you know, I've known Richard for 33 years, but I just, my friend Latanya Jackson, Sam Jackson's wife, she was in yes. a movie and she asked me to do, they asked me to do a part, a little part and play myself in this 
MTV movie. And just so happens Richard played her husband. How crazy oh. is that? But that was like me playing myself. So this was really yeah. scary to me, but it was fun. It actually was fun. I liked it. So did Richard coach you? No, Blue coached me. <laughs> Blue Ivy helped you coach you in your lines. Well, my lines. And she was like, Grandma, I don't know if this is right for you. I don't know if you can do this. I was like, thank you, Blue, for giving me this confidence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's huge to me. That's huge to me because you have to memorize your lines and, you know, you're in front of all these cameras. With I mean, people think that acting is easy. It is uh, not. No. It really is not. It's doing stuff over and I'm like, we got to do this again? You know, I talked to my husband, Richard, and I said, they did that. I was like, that's enough of that. And he was like, they are never asking you back again. <laughs> Like, you can't do that. I was like, we got to do this again because they do it far away than close up. And I'm like, come right, on, y'all. right. <laughs> do you see that as something that you would like to try again? Do you see yourself really diving into acting now? No, I love producing. That's what mm. I really like is the producing part of it. I would love to produce, and if I made like a you know a small appearance in it, maybe that that's it was fun. Yeah, and I, you know, it's easy because Michelle is like my daughter. Yeah, you know, so exactly. It's just easy. I just pretended that we were in one of our conversations. And yes. Yeah. yeah, so much more comfortable when you're dealing with someone that you're so close to. Okay, so I want to jump gear, switch gears a little bit, and talk about you and Richard because, like me, you found love again at an older age. So how did you first meet Richard? Everybody knows that you're married to the handsome and wonderful Richard Lawson. Yeah, I met Richard 40 years ago. I was pregnant with Beyonce, actually. And I met his sister over the phone. Believe it or not, my ex-husband was at a Xerox party and I started talking to this girl. He said, I know she's related to you because her family's last name is Broussard and my family's name is Broussard and we're from this little tiny area and mm-hmm. they were from the same area. So we started talking and we were like, you know, we, our families definitely were related, but it was very distant. So let's not get rumors started. here. <laughs> yeah, let's not you know, be careful. But, but anyway, we became the best of friends and I met Richard with her And he was just always the nicest guy because, you know, he was on, I think, I believe that he was on, he had done Poltergeist and some of these movies. And I thought he was so handsome and um, I met him and I thought he was going to be like the movie star. You know, when you're from Texas, you you think everybody, if they've been on TV, they like a millionaire and they a movie star. But he was helping somebody move the first day I met him. He was helping Larry Hilton Jacobs move. And I was like, God, movie stars help people move with and they rent trucks and they do this stuff. And he was just so nice and down to earth. And we were all friends. My ex-husband, all of us were friends. He was married. I was married. And then through the years, we saw each other. And his sister, mm-hmm. unfortunately, died at 40 and mm-hmm. with from breast cancer. And of course, we were together during that time. And we stayed in touch when he would come to Houston. I'd keep his daughter. And so our family's always intertwined. And who would have ever thought that, um, right. that you know, we wind up together? But we actually connected the week that my ex-husband was getting married. And I was ah. so, like, 
sad, not about because I wanted him back, but just because I was sad because he was getting married and I was still not even really dating. Yeah. And um, so my friend called him to take us out. And then we, you know, we just became friends. And then that developed into, you know, us having a close relationship. I think we always had a lot of admiration and things in common. But of course, we were married. So, yeah, that's faith. That's God. Exactly. How did you meet your husband? Did you know him for a long time? I did. I did. Rodney and I dated many years ago. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. We dated many years ago. He drove me to take Jada to college. Wow. Yeah. But we, yeah, we dated for about, probably about four years back then. But I, yeah. And I don't know how much of my story, you know, but I was I am a recovering addict and I was still suffering and struggling with my addiction at the time. And so the relationship didn't work. Right. And so that relationship ended and I ended up getting clean. But I also had another marriage. Wow. In between before I I married because I've been married four times, Tina. That's all right, girl. I've been married four times. So Rodney is my fourth and last husband. Y'all look like you have so much fun and dancing and, you know, it's great. I mean, that's the best. I think at this point in our lives, we know what we don't want. We know what we do want. And I think, you know, Richard and I say that all the time. We've been through enough because he's been a couple of times I've been married before we know what we don't want to have in our lives and we try not to make those same mistakes again. So I think it's the best. It is the best. And we also recognize how important it is to have friendship in a marriage. But beyond the love, the friendship. That's right. You got to like the person. That you Thank you. I say that all the time. Do you like him? Yeah, right. Do you like him as a person? Okay. So important. So important. So before we wrap up, because you talked about having a bucket list, what are some of the things on your bucket list? I want to go and spend like a month in Africa. That's on Uh, my book. I've been several times and when I go, I got a schedule of here, there, there. I just want to go where I don't have anything to do and I can do whatever I want and go wherever I want. Pretty much everything else that I had, I had a really long bucket list. I have God has blessed me to be able to do, to travel. And, you know, I mean, I always wanted to produce a show. I got to do that. And, you know, I got to act in a show. And yeah, it, the, the rest of it is just, I think that's about the only thing that I haven't ever had in my life is just to be able to go on a trip where I don't have a schedule and I don't have anybody to answer to and I could do what I want to do. Gotcha. Now I have to jump back a little bit and ask, what did Richard think about you jumping into the acting role? He jokes all the time. You know, she want to be an actress <laughs> and I don't, but so he wasn't surprised. He just was doing a project at the same time because they actually asked oh. him to play my husband, but he couldn't do it because he was doing another film. And so he couldn't help me with my lines. And that's why I got Blue to help me at the last minute. But but he thought, I mean, he thinks that I should do it. I should pursue it. And I said, if he maybe if he helped me and coached me, Mm -hmm. 
I would feel more confident because I, I was pretty nervous. Yeah, I can imagine. He was, sounds like he was supportive, even though he wasn't physically present. And exactly. Rodney has been that for me. He he actually um, pushes me and encourages me to do more. So it's That's it feels awesome. good to have your partner be so supportive of the things that you're trying to do in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you currently working on right now? I am doing a lot with developing some businesses. And, oh, okay. Uh, so that's the thing that's been keeping me the most busy right now. And I'm not at liberty to talk about what they are, but it's exciting. It's fun. Okay, then we'll keep our eyes and ears open for whatever you have coming down the pike. So now it's time for this segment that I have, Wouldn't You Like to Know? Okay. So I have a couple of rapid-fire questions I'd like you to answer, Tina. Simple questions. All right? What book are you currently reading? The Body Keeps the Score. And it's about your mind, body, and soul. And I'm trying to understand how trauma works because people talk about trauma. I've had Mm. since everybody's had trauma. And it is the best book because it tells you how to connect the dots on, you know, things that you don't even know were trauma for you. And that your body keeps the score of that. It's there. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. What is one thing you would like to get off your chest? If you don't try, you'll never know. So, you know, please, if you have some dreams or aspirations, don't let fear, negativity or other people telling you you can't do it stop you from doing it. Go for it. What do you have to lose? I need to hear that myself. Thank you. We'll keep it positive. Exactly. (laughs) What's a motto that you live by? Probably the biggest one is that you got to be cute on the inside. You know, my mama drove that into my head as a kid and it used to get, she, you know, pretty is as pretty does. And, you know, it was like, I don't want to get it. But I have instilled it in my kids in a different way and they instill it in their kids because, you know, it's nice to be cute on the outside, but what about your heart and what about... But what's going on in the inside? Absolutely. Yeah. Because that ugliness finds a way to come out some kind of way. Absolutely. On the outside. Tell us where people can find you on social media, Tina. I am on Instagram on Miss Tina Lawson. And it's the same for Facebook. I just got on Facebook maybe a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time out and joining us here on Positively Gab. It was such, such a pleasure to have you. I've been waiting for you to come on. So thank you so much. Thank you so much and have a great day. Okay, you too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That was such a great conversation with Tina Knowles Lawson. I was so excited to have her on. And my one takeaway, don't let fear hold you back. Today was a great episode. You can submit your questions to PositivelyGam at RedTableTalk.com for a chance to hear me read them on my next episode. And that's our show for this week of Positively Gam. You can follow me online at Gammy Norris and now on TikTok at Gammy Norris. Also help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and by hitting the follow button on iHeartRadio. 
stay grateful, y'all. Positively Gam is produced by Red Table Talk Podcast and iHeartRadio. Executive producers are Adrian Banfield Norris, Fallon Jethro, and Jada Pinkett Smith. Our audio engineer is Calvin Bailiff. And our associate producer is Irene Bischoffberger. Our theme song is produced by D Beats. Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.